rewrote my life. Oh, I should have fallen my soul cast down, but mercy rewrote my life. One more time. God tonight. Happy to be here. Amen. Amen. Expecting a wonderful, wonderful evening, wonderful service. Just want to clap my hands for a little bit. Maybe we can sing, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, enter into his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. Amen. Oh, and I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter For a special touch, a special anointing, let's sing this song as a declaration. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord and He hears me. Amen? Amen. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord and He hears me. Yes, He helps me. He is faithful and true. Won't forget His own. Strength never faileth. He goes through the fire just to say. 
surrender tonight, Lord, to your presence, O oh God. We surrender our will. We surrender our thoughts. We surrender our desires, Lord Jesus. We surrender our flesh, O oh God. We surrender the cares of this day, Lord Jesus. We surrender all to you tonight, Lord God, that you would have the preeminence in our midst, Lord. That you would take control of every single individual here present tonight. Everyone under the sound of the word of God tonight, Lord. Take control, Father. Have the preeminence in our midst, Lord. Take control of our lives, O oh God. Consume us with the fire of your spirit, Lord Jesus. Erase, O oh God, the cares of life, Father. The flesh that we have, Lord. The sins that doth easily beset, O oh God. But you have come in your fullness. You have come in your nearness tonight, O oh God. To do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, Lord. We surrender all, O oh God. And we arise as worshipers, Lord Jesus. Have your perfect will and way. Hallelujah. Just ask Brother Murphy, you would come and open the service in a word of prayer. Just have one prayer request. It says, this one hits home for me. It says, please pray for Caleb and Joy Campbell from South Carolina who are expecting a baby girl in July. The doctors just confirmed trisomy 13 and says babies born with this usually die within the first year. The doctors don't have any hope for the baby, but we believe and serve a God who works miracles. My son turns one years old on Monday, and this is the same thing that the devil tried to take his life with. We serve a miracle-working God. Amen? The same God that healed Zion is the same God that can heal this baby for Caleb and Joy Campbell. Brother Murphy would come and open the service in a word of prayer. Remember these needs. If you have a need, let it be known with an uplifted hand. 
The Lord is faithful and true. Amen. Let's just bow our head, approach the Lord. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, how we thank you, Lord, that we know we believe a true and the living God. Lord, if it is just a God of a history, Lord, no matter how many times we shout or we scream, there will be no answer. But Lord, you ever proved you haven't been raised it up from the history by the prophet's ministry. Lord, it's not only a 50, 60 years ago, but that same God that then in the prophet's time, that same God is still in tonight, oh Lord. Still among this is the people. Lord, you said you dwell in the praise of your people. Lord, we with our praise, we water to the promise, the word that we have heard, so that you can come, Lord, and not just to preach to us, not just to speak to us, but Lord, come to fulfill what your word has promised to us. Because your word has promised to us and said by your stripe that we were healed. Lord, that's why we bring this little baby before you. How the devil is a crew master. But Lord, we approach to a God as a full of a mercy. Approach a God that is a rich in mercy. Approach a God that is a coming down. That is a dwelling among us of the people. Praise to you to the God that is a coming down. That is talked to us of the people. That is healed us of the people. That is delivered us of the people. Lord, we don't even have to draw back from 50 years ago from the prophets and ministry. Lord, even tonight, as the brother Dan has said, this is the one year of the anniversary for Zion, the liberty that you give him in the life. Oh God, that by the same face, by the same face, we bind our face together to approach to the mercy throne and again and preach for that little baby in South Carolina. We don't even know the name. We don't even know the other place, but we know who God is. We're not talking to a God that is just a historical God. We're speaking to the God is right now and among us. We're not just quoting the scriptures that are two and three. Get it together. You will be among us. Lord, we know you're among us, Lord, because you have spoke to us. You have fulfilled what you have promised to us. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we let the Holy Spirit go to that room, Lord. Oh, God, no matter what doctor had said, but we know exactly what the great physician has said. Oh, Father, we ask you to go to the womb of the mother to fix it up or whatever that needs to be fixed. And the bring, Lord, that in a miracle into that womb. Let a life go into that womb, Lord. If you ever let a life come, Lord, you can do the same thing to that little baby, Lord. To put shame on the Satan's face. Put him into the public shame. Lord, to glorify your name, Lord. I know, Lord, you don't need to prove your word again because you have approved time after time. So we don't ask you to prove your word. We just said, Lord, you're fulfilling your word, Lord. So we believe you, Lord. Lord, you have no concept of a distance. You have no concept of a time. And we believe when we pray, bind our faith together, Lord, you will do that a doctor cannot do, Lord. Lord, you know there's many needs among this body. Some of the need cannot even be uttered. Some of the need that they probably feel shamed to even utter. 
but Lord you know every one of them I pray you Lord as your servant brother Zhang standing behind the, the pulpit may the Holy Spirit speak Lord we know he has prepared himself. We know he had to get himself at his side and ask your leadership. So, Lord, we truly ask your leadership, Lord. Lord, speak to the word. Not only be understandable, but, Lord, speak the word with the power and with might, Lord. Lord, if there is any dark shadows here, may the word of a light and it shatters every out every suspicious lord shattered at every lord of the darkness that the devil that put on the people lord let the light of god start to shine upon your people go into the dark area of our life lord may no dark area in our life may no there the gray area in our life but let the god speak clearly to each individual we thank you lord We'd ask that your perfect will be done tonight. Lord, we're looking forward for you to fellowship with your children. We're looking forward for your word to coming down. Lord, to speak to our heart so that we can consecrate our life and let the word transform us and keep transforming us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Get ready for your special. Move the unmovable, break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a
Can we do better than that? Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, first of all, if I sing this song, it's a known song. I just want to give God the glory. Don't mind what you see now. I can see. Yeah. Um, today is um, making it one year when I was wheeled to the surgical room. And I was caught hoping with no, almost no hope in sight. But God was rich in mercy. And he extended his hands of mercy to me. And um, when it seems all hope was gone, I believe God had me here for a reason. And since the devil couldn't get me there, he's in trouble. Uh, he's really, really in trouble. And I also want to use this medium to extend the same encouragement to, I've not met her, Sister Monique, and I heard that she's in the same um, hospital that I was admitted in. I just want to tell her, it is well. There's nothing God cannot do. That God will reach out to her too and raise her up to the glory of his name. That in the rest, of, the rest of our life, she should live in health. And the same for every believers. The scripture says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health. Even as thy soul prospereth. Amen. It's the scripture. So I'm just going to sing tonight. If you know the song, you're free to join me. Amen. I know a God who is faithful and kind, faithful and gracious. I'm the apple of his eyes, the thought that fills his heart every morning, noon, and night. Oh, oh, oh. he loves me when I didn't care. And was patient till I came Running back into his hand Look how he turned my life around Make me a shining star His glory to reveal So I will worship him forever Love him forever Because this God Love him forever because this God is too good. Oh, yeah. See, don't look too far to see how good God is. 
just look at me just look at you he took you from the merry clay set your feet upon the rock we're standing in his righteousness oh, oh, oh. he took away your sin and shame gave you a brand new name his beloved and the redeemed look how he turned our lives around shining light is glory to reveal I will worship him forever love him forever because this God is too good I will worship him forever love him forever because this God is too good Take the last one again. Don't look too far to see how good God is. Just look at us. He took me from the merry clay, set my feet upon the rock. I'm standing in his righteousness. He took away my sin and shame, gave me a brand new name, his beloved and the redeemed. Look how he turned my life around. Make me a shining light, His glory to reveal. I will worship Him forever, love Him forever, because this God is too good. I will worship Him forever, love Him forever, because this God is so good. This God is so good, this God is so good, has it been good to you? This God is so good, this God is so rich, this God is so rich, this God is so rich, this God is so rich. Look what he did for us. Look how he set us free, how he washed us with his precious blood. Jesus, a condo a kebok fio, anamakpaniko, a condo a kebok fio, mfanvo kawawa. This God is so good. You can sing it with me. We will worship Him forever. Love Him forever. This God is so good. This God is so great. This God is so good. 
His grace is so rich. 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 as we turn the service to Brother John, maybe Sister Angelica, Brother Andrew, we could just come and sing this song. I don't want this to be a special, but I just wanted their help with it. I'm going to sing Your Cries Have Awoken the Master. How many nails that song? A few. Well, let's sing the song together as Brother John will come. The song says, Crossing the Commib, you can put the verse up. Crossing the calm sea with Jesus, the disciples were getting concerned. The winds started violently blowing. Jesus arose when they called him and said to them, where is your faith? How many have been crying and praying and desperate for the need of God? I know there's a few in here that have been desperate for a word from the Lord. And the song just, it just, Brother Tim was speaking on Sunday and it just it kept coming to me, kept coming to me. And he, he, he was saying to the congregation, he said, what is the nature of your cry? You have to know the nature of your cry in order to approach him in the right way. So we want to approach the Lord in the right way tonight and be able to receive from him what he has for us. Amen? Please enter in with us. Seen the calm sea with Jesus, the disciples were getting concerned. The wind started violently blowing, but he was asleep in the stern. Does he not care that we perish? We're helpless and we're so afraid. But Jesus arose when they called him said to them, where is your faith? Because you prayed all night, because you held on with all of your might, child, your cries have awoken the master. Without any warning, the storm of your life had begun. Seeing no hope in the distance, you're frightened with nowhere to run. By now, your vessel is filling, and you're thinking that you'll surely drown. 
specials like this and this kind of atmosphere, anybody can preach. Amen? Do you love him tonight? I believe we're going to have a wonderful service tonight. It's nothing to do with who is speaking, it's just the nature of the atmosphere that's in the sanctuary tonight. You know, what I'm saying is the atmosphere that brings about the results. And I know that some of you have battled all week, I battle all week, you know, the devil has been on my case all week and usually that's a sign that it's going to be a good night. 
So just forget about everything else. Forget about work. Forget about your problems. Forget about your circumstances. Forget about the child that's sick. Forget about your loved ones that are not safe. We're going to zero in on the word tonight. Amen. And we're going to put on the word so much. You know, for every whip of the devil to change in your life, you're going to say amen. We're going to give the devil a black eye, right? We're going to make him regret coming on our case all week. So Satan, you know you tried to get me down Monday and Tuesday, but for every time I felt sad, for every time I felt abandoned, for every time I felt that nobody cared about me, for every time I felt depressed, I would say amen to the word. For every time I felt that my circumstances were impossible, I will say glory to God. Right? The devil was on your case, now it's our turn to be on his case. And I'm going to drive out the devil out of this building tonight by the preaching of the word. And we're going to press the darkness away. And there's going to be light in your life. And I will speak Jesus to your family. Jesus to your circumstances. Glory. Amen. Well, I know Brother E.B. didn't want this mentioned, but I'm going to mention this. Today is his birthday. And how many are going to believe with me tonight? That those eyes... That you've testified service after service. Praise God, I can see. Let today be the day that this body comes to subjection to your confession. How many will believe me tonight? Amen. Let's take our Bibles. Thank you, musician. It's a wonderful atmosphere. It's always a a special service for me when when Dan Song leads and I preach in the same service. Uh, Just because it reminds me of, you know, it brings back many memories from SFU. And little did we know then. It was a shadow of things to come. We're going to turn into the book of Malachi, a very familiar chapter of Malachi 4, 5 to 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. We'll turn in the New Testament in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 10. We will begin at verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report or our message? So verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know our hearts, Lord, and I believe that you can see that we all have a great love for your word. And Father, we've gathered tonight, Lord, not because we miss one another, though it's good to see one another, but because we want to hear from you, Lord. Father, these scriptures have been penned down by men that were moved by the Spirit of God. 
And Lord, though there may be questions today about the validity or the accuracy of the word, but to me, it's been vindicated to be true because the spirit always follows the word and confirms this Bible to be inspired. So Father, as we read the scriptures, Lord, with the author of this same word come now in our midst and give us revelation, we pray. Have the preeminence in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I've been pouring on, on, on the subject tonight that I, I would like to approach for several weeks, and I'm going to try to, to cover it in, in roughly an hour. Will you help me preach tonight? I would like to take my title from verse 17, Faith Cometh by Hearing, and I'd like just to take those first two words, Faith Cometh. It's my title tonight, Faith Cometh. I wanted to title it the origin of faith or the process of faith, but... I think faith cometh. Faith cometh by hearing. Now, in the book of Hebrews, we cannot talk about faith unless we talk about the chapter of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, where Paul covers, or we know it to be the hallmark of faith. But in Hebrews chapter 11, Paul begins to talk about the hearers of faith. And as a prophet, he identifies Abel as what I would say, patient zero, or exhibit A, or the first fallen man to receive faith. So he starts to name them by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Moses, by faith Abraham, by faith, by faith. But he starts with Abel. So you can't really talk about faith without pulling the origin of faith or tracing back faith to Abel. Now, Abel is the first fallen man, the first man born in sin. The first man shaped in iniquity, I'm talking about the lineage of Christ now, that is going to receive something from God. Think about it. You know, before the fall, God created this and he said it was good. God created that and he said it was good. Then God created man and the scripture says, and God said it was very good. So he went from good to very good. And then God had his children in a perfect condition in Eden. But yet there is still something in God that was not satisfied. Even though he said it's good. And then they say, it's very good. There's still a part of God that wasn't satisfied. Because Adam and Eve worshiped God in perfection, and there's still parts of God and attributes of God that was not known to them. You know, Adam never knew God as his redeemer or as his healer. Adam never had a revelation that God could heal him because he was in a perfect body that was never sick. So there is still something in the heart of God that wasn't fully satisfied because according to the prophet of the hour, God wanted to reveal himself to his church. And he couldn't reveal himself to the people that were in a condition of perfection. So he allowed the fall to come. And now, after the fall happened in the Garden of Eden, and now Abel is born. Cain is born, but I'm talking about Abel. Abel is born now in sin. And he's now in the image of fallen man. He's not in the image of God. And now, now God, for the very first time, ponder this. For the very first time, Almighty God is about to put, he's about to put forward step number one. Of his plan. So his plan is to reveal himself to man, and now Abel is step number one. The first man that's born in sin, God comes to him now and gives him a revelation. Now, the scripture says in verse 4 by faith, Abel offered, of, of Hebrews 11, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now, the prophet told us that faith is not simply co- uh, confidence or trust. But faith is 
a revelation. Now we read in Romans chapter 10 that faith or revelation comes from hearing the word. Now I'll, I'll, walk, with, I'll walk you through a few quotes. If you can start um, the slide, please. I'll be, I'll be doing a, a little bit of reading tonight, and I just want you to follow along with me so that you don't zone out. Can you see behind me? Brian says it's in the power of God. He says, did you know the whole church of the living God is built upon the revelation of the Lord Jesus? In the Garden of Eden, after the children of Israel, pardon me, after Cain and Abel, and them were turned out of the garden, did you notice how the Cain, being not a communist, who came and worshipped the Lord, he offered a sacrifice and done all that he could. He was very religious, Cain was, but Abel, he came not with works, but by faith, the Bible said. He offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than that of Cain, and God testifying that he was righteous, because he seen the program of God which was revealed to him. Now, here's what's interesting. He says, now, the Bible wasn't written then, right? There was no Bible then. See, so if Cain, his brother, who sat under the same teaching of father and mother, came down and brought fruit to make the offering, but Abel, by revelation, he saw that it wasn't fruits that brought us out of the Garden of Eden, as some people still think it was. But it was the blood of his mother who made him mortal, or the blood of his father. So he came and offered the blood of the lamb by divine revelation. No one to tell him anything about it. But he, by faith, he seen the Son of God coming. Think about it. Cain and his brother, Abel, they both sat under the same teaching. Now, we, I'm saying this for a point. The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word. So, let me dramatize this for you so you can understand where I'm coming from. But Cain and Abel sat under the same teaching. They heard the same message. They went to the same church. They had the same pastor. They had the same prophet. But one produced fruits and one the blood. Now, I'm just going to dramatize this for you so you can see where I'm coming from and, and how the, the Lord dealt with me on this, on this subject here. I believe, let's say that Adam is the pastor of the church or the prophet of the age. He's, you know, he's getting an inspiration and the Lord started to deal with him on a subject to preach, just like he would with any preacher. And Adam is wrestling with this thought. Am I going to preach this? How am I going to approach the subject? And, and you know, it just keeps coming at him back and forth, back and forth. He won't let him be. So he started to dive into the word and start to look into this. And then, you know, the Lord, the Lord deals with Adam and says, you have to preach this. It's time. It's time to preach this subject. You know, like Brother Branham, after he received the revelation of marriage and divorce, it took him years to preach it. And the Lord dealt with him and says, okay, now it's time. You have to bring this word. So Adam is, dealing, is being dealt with on this very subject about the original sin. Am I going to preach this? And then eventually, you know, he comes to surrender and says, okay, I'm, I'm going to preach this. And perhaps he's talking to his wife even say, you know, God was dealing with me on this subject. I think I'm going to preach this. She says, are you sure? He says, yes, I think, I think it's time to preach this. The church is mature enough. You know, they're growing up. It's time that we preach on the original sin. So that Adam is studying and he's praying. And he's saying, Lord, as we, as we go into the house of God t- today and as I preach on the word, may you take your word and make it real to the hearts of the predestinated seed. And oh, may you take this word and go past what I can say. Take your word further than my words. And let your word lodge so deep down in the hearts of the predestinated seed and produce faith. 
Let it not be just intellect of what happened in the Garden of Eden. What I'm going to preach is, may you give revelation. May you make your word real to the congregation. And Adam is praying and he's consecrating himself. He says, oh God, may you come in the service. May you move in a special way and take your word and minister to the hearts of your children. So they come to church. Perhaps Brother Cain is song leading. And he says, as Brother Adam comes to the pulpit, let's follow him sing a chorus. And all they sing, isn't he wonderful, isn't he wonderful? And Adam comes to the pulpit. He says, let's pray. And they pray. And he says, let's turn to the word. We're going to read in the message of the of the commandments of God, and he say, Thou shalt not eat of the tree of good and evil. You may be seated. Cain sits, opens his Bible, you know, takes his notepad, is about to take notes, and Abel is there, Sister Eve is there, and the pastor is about to preach. So then he begins to preach. He says, my title tonight is From That Time On. He says, you know, each one of us, there's going to be a time in our lives where we have an experience, and that experience is going to alter the course of our life. And he says, and my title tonight is from that time on. And one day, I was serving the Lord the best of my ability. And then, you know, there was a circumstance, an event that happened in the Garden of Eden. Where we disobeyed God's commandment. And he told us not to eat of the tree. But we partook of that fruit. And from that time on, we're no longer immoral. From that time on, we now had heartaches. From that time on, we started aging. From that time on, we started feeling sickness. From that time on, our body begins to fail us. And the church says, amen, amen, amen. Perhaps Cain is even the loudest, pulling on the word, and Adam is preaching. And now, as they're sitting under the same teaching, as they're sitting under the same ministry, as they're sitting under the same prophet messenger, hearing the same word, something supernatural is happening in Abel, that's not happening in Cain. And I believe I read the quote a few, last year when I spoke on, on the subject of faith here. Brian talks about it. He says that out of the eternity, it says out of a mystical channel, something begins to happen and God drops a revelation. Right? So then at the end of the service, he says we're all dismissed. Let's pray. And greet one another and they go home and they're fellowshipping. And Abel, is, Cain is so excited about the word. He says, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now I know the original sin was fruits. Glory. The pastor preached it. It was still a mystery to me. We didn't know anything about it. Now finally he's told me that it's fruits. Now we know. Now we understand the message of the hour. Now we get what the Holy Spirit is telling to the church. Now we understand this. And Abel is back home and he's pondering on the word. And he's praying, Lord, make your word real to me. Lord, go beyond what I heard in church. Go beyond what the pastor said. May you, take the, may you take the word and there's a supernatural element attached to that mystery. Make it real to my heart that I may know what truly is the prophet of the ages bringing to the church without saying it plainly. What is it that Adam is bringing to the church without saying it plainly? What is it about the original sin? As he's pondering. God remembers the prayer of Adam. Make it real to the predestinated seed. And now the Holy Spirit comes and takes the word that Adam preached and makes it real to the heart of Abel. And it says, Abel, fruits? No. It's actually blood. So from that time on, what happened was a sexual act. And then because of that, you're born in sin. That's why you're born in sin, Abel. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. That's why I kicked out mom and dad. This is exactly what happened. And now something out of eternity that cannot be explained by anything, that cannot be brought about by the instrumentation of man, this wasn't Adam's doing. Adam didn't give Abel faith and, didn't, and, and refused to give it to Cain. 
He preached the same message and taught them exactly the same way. But this is sovereign grace where God himself begins to deal with the elect by bringing faith in the heart of those that are predestinated. And Abel being son of God, son of Aaron, now there's in his soul a quickening that tells him it's blood. Now faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. By faith, Abel. Now brother, let me say this. There is an aspect of hearing that involves our natural ability to hear. And I'll walk you through my thinking process here. Right on, let me say this. Now bow your heads just a moment, will you? This is Almighty God, a dead spirit moving over this woman. It's the enemy's business to do this, to cause her to be killed. But thou art here to deliver her. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word. She cannot hear. How could faith come? Now, so now, brother, I'm identifying you the fact that if you're not able to naturally hear, that's a hindrance to your faith, right? So you need to be able to hear the word for you to receive faith. Now, let's move forward. Now, just another comment or two, and we will stop. Now, how do doctors find out about the medicine? Well, first thing you know, somebody tells them, uh, somebody solves around and gets it, and they figure it out, find out if it will work, and they'll write it in the book. Then another doctor will pick it up in the medical journal and say, okay, here, this does so-and-so, so I will start practicing this. You see, that's how they do it. They find it out by reading or hearing. So to us, faith cometh by reading or hearing. So now we'll move from faith coming by hearing, and now we're, he's introducing another element here, is that faith cometh by hearing or reading. Now, I'm, I'm reading these quotes in chronological order. So we started at 54, we're going to make our way up, so you can see the progression of thought here. Now we're in 56. See, then this person did not want to go free. They had to be sealed, a beautiful type of the sealing of God or the marking of the beast, which has been so much disputed what it was. Now, faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. And when we hear that we are free and refuse to act upon our freedom, then we will be sealed. It says, to my opinion, to be sealed away from God is to receive the mark of the beast. For to hear is to receive. Now, we move from faith coming by hearing to faith coming by hearing or reading, not to faith cometh by receiving. So there is a hearing, there is a reading aspect, and then there is a receiving. All of this contributes to how faith cometh. Now, let's read in Matthew Actually, let's, let's go back here. I'm going to read in John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, and let me turn this off for now. In John chapter 6, verse 60, the Bible says, Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard about this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Now think about this. Many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Well, they heard it. Now they're saying who can hear it. So it shows you there's two hearing. So when they heard with the natural hearing, they said it's a hard saying who can hear, receive, receive it. So there's a hearing and then there's a receiving of the word. Now verse 64 says, but there are some of you that believe not. In other words, some of you do not have faith. Even though they heard but some who heard the sound of the word did not have faith. 
For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Verse 65. And he said, therefore, I say unto you, no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Now, we're still talking about believing here. We're still talking about faith. Now we see that it's not just about hearing, which you naturally hear. It's not just about hearing or reading. And it's about receiving, but the ability to receive has to be given to you. And Jesus says the ability to receive is given to you by my father. All right? Now let's read Matthew 16 here. Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Consistent with John chapter 6. So the ability to receive revelation comes from the Father. It's the Father that gives revelation. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. That's Matthew 16 says it's the Father that gives us revelation, right? It's right in front of you. Now, Matthew eleven twenty seven 27 says it's the Son. Luke chapter 2. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just, was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. So who gives revelation? According to Matthew 11, it's the Father. According to 17, it's the Son. According to Luke 2, it's the Holy Ghost. So who gives revelation? Well, the three are one. That was free. Now, let's carry on here. Now, I've often spoke and do yet and believe this great faith or fundamental truth that Jesus Christ said. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me have everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but he has passed from death unto life. You see it? He that heareth my word, oh, I wish that I could sink into every heart. St. John 5, 24. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me have everlasting life and shall never come into judgment, but has already passed from death unto life. That's his word. He says, now, what do you have to do? Believe, hear. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word, and believing, and applying, and resting. You see it? So now we've moved from faith coming by just hearing, to faith coming by hearing or reading, to faith coming by receiving, and now to faith coming by believing, applying, resting. Faith cometh. So you hear the word or you read the word, faith is coming. But you got to believe the word, it's faith coming. Then you have to apply the word and it's faith coming. And then you have to rest. So the prophet is moving us to understand the scripture. Faith cometh by hearing, amen. By hearing or reading, amen. By receiving, amen. By believing, amen. By applying, amen. By resting, amen. So if you have faith, you have to hear the word. Then you have to believe the word. Then you have to receive the word. Then you have to apply the word. Then you have to rest upon the word. That's how faith comes to you. You cannot have revelation without applying the word. You've got to receive it. You've got to read it. You've got to hear it. You've got to believe it. You've got to apply it. And you've got to rest. And then he says, you see it? Say amen. The word says so. Hear it. 
Your heart says so, believe it. Oh, I love that. If the word of God says so, hear it. Hear what the word of God says, but then if it's quickened to your heart, believe it. If the word says it, hear it. But if your heart witnesses it is true, believe it. Don't just believe everything that you hear. It has to be witnesses to your heart as being true. But if it's the word of God, you better hear it. And when the Holy Spirit makes it real to your heart, believe it. And it says, then your whole being rests. Faith cometh. I'm so lost in my notes now. I don't even know where I am. <laughs> now let's carry on. Now what happened? The heart is a womb and faith cometh by an open ear that's not been sealed by theology. Say amen. <laughs> faith cometh by an open ear that's not sealed. By theology. Now we're going further. It's not just about hearing it. It's not just about reading it. It's not just saying I believe it. It's not just saying, okay, I'm going to apply it. But your ear must not be sealed by theology. Now theology, it doesn't mean going to Bible school. (laughs) Theology is not attending Bible school and taking Bible lessons. Theology is an intellectual conception of who God is. Right? And, and intellect, when Brother Bram talks about intellect a lot, people think that he's talking about being intelligent. That's not what he's saying. Intellect is not a lack of emotion. It's not about intelligence. But intellect is simply having a mental, human understanding of the things of God that require revelation. So you can be a high school dropout and be more intellectual than a man with two PhDs. It's not about your lack of education. It's like, well, those men went to university. They're so intellectual. I never went to university. I never even graduated high school. You can be a high school dropout and still be more intellectual than a man with five PhDs. Because a man with five PhDs, if he's able to submit his mind to the word, you are more intellectual than him. Your ear must not be sealed by theology. In other words, you must not come to the word with a mental understanding with a personal worldview of the Word of God. So because if you have your own mental conception, when the Word of God comes, it will not produce faith. Because faith only comes to those who have an ear. That's not sealed by theology. That's why we have to surrender our own carnal ideas. When, when Pastor Adam preached on the original scene, Abel heard what he heard and he formed a mental understanding of the Word. It never produced faith. It's the ability to surrender your own opinions, your own views of how God would do this, of, of what is truth, or how God should deal with you. It's your own personal conviction that you surrender and you lay it down at the feet of Christ so that he can give you faith. Faith cometh. Now, I'm going to read one more quote before we carry on here. Says faith cometh by hearing the word of God. When the believer hears it, he recognizes it and he acts on it. The carnal man will hear it, we hear the sound of it, but to hear it means to understand. So now faith comes by hearing, by hearing or reading, by believing, by receiving, by applying, by resting, by understanding, 
by not having an ear that's sealed by theology. Now, I'm going to move to the next section here. Romans chapter 10, where we read, it's such a powerful scripture. There's more to it than meets the eye. I'm, let's read it together again. So I'm going to start from verse 14 this time. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I've highlighted a few key words here that we're going to look into. He says, how are they going to call? There's calling, there's believing, there's hearing, there's preaching, and there has to be sent of God. Now, he says in verse 17, so then, in brackets I put, in conclusion. In other words, consequentially, in conclusion, in light of what I just said. Paul is coming to a conclusion in verse 17, based on the premises of verse 14 and 15. He's saying, in conclusion, in light of what I just said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So what is Paul saying? For God, for you to receive faith. Let's go through this. He says, how are they going to call on him unless they believe? So for you to call on God, you have to believe in him. So, but for you to believe in him, you must hear from him. For you to hear from him, someone must preach. For someone to preach, he must be sent. I'll go further. For someone to be sent, he must be called. And for someone to be called, he must be foreordained for it. So now I'm tracing the origin of faith. So you go from calling him to believing in him to hearing about him or hearing from him by someone who preached. And that person who preaches was sent. And that person that was sent was called. And that person that was called was foreordained. Where in God's mind? In conclusion, to receive faith, it takes the word and a man. In other words, faith comes by hearing the word preached by a God-sent man. It's not just about hearing or hearing or reading or hearing and receiving and receiving and acting. It has to be the word of God has to come by a man that God has foreordained, called, and sent. You trace faith all the way back to the mind of God. Because God wanted to impart revelation to you. He wanted to give you faith. He foreordained a man. And then he called that man. And then he sent that man with a message. And that man preached the word. And when he preached, you heard about it. And after you heard, you believed. And because you believed, you called upon him. Where does it start? From God sending a man. All right, now notice how do we approach God? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God that's being reflected. Shouting material. That's being reflected from the holiest of holies into the messenger of your day. How do you receive faith? It's when the light of the God, the light of the word, the logos shines upon a messenger. And that messenger begins to reflect the light that he has received. And after that messenger reflects that light, he comes up with a message. And when you believe that, you receive faith. 
that is a process of faith. Faith cometh by the light that's reflected. From where? From the holies of holies. It's not in the outer court. It's not in the inner court. It's in the holy of holies where the Shekinah glory is. Where the pillar of fire himself. So this man has to meet the pillar of fire. So Moses in Exodus chapter 3, when he meets the pillar of fire, what is about to take place? It's the light that is now shining from the holy of holies into a messenger. And that messenger goes back into Egypt and begins to reflect the light. And the reflection of the light is the message of your day. And when people believe in what Moses said, he produced faith. That faith came from where? From the pillar of fire. You can trace that faith all the way back to the pillar of fire. If there was no pillar of fire, no faith. So the pillar of fire called a man, Moses, Moses. And the pillar of fire shone upon a man and says, now go. So the pillar of fire came, called him, sent him. Yeah. Romans chapter 10. How will one preach unless he's sent? Right? So now God took a man and called him, sent him with a message, and he went and he reflected that message in his day. What did it produce? Faith. Faith cometh. Now John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of man, right? So now verse 4 is telling us that in him the word, in the word, was life. Right about says a germ of life. And the life that's in the word is the light of man, right? Verse 4. So in the word there is a germ of life. And that germ of life that's in the word is the light of man. So when a messenger He's reflecting the light. As we read, what is he reflecting? The germ of life that's in the word. Because that's what is light. It's the germ of life in the word that is the light of man. And verse 5 says, And the light shineth in darkness, as Brother Murphy prayed, I so enjoy that. And the darkness comprehendeth in that. But there was a man. <laughs> oh my. Now you see where John is going with this. John is echoing what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 10. So he's going all the way from the Logos. In the beginning was the Logos, the Word. And inside the Word there was life. And that life was the light. And all of a sudden in verse 6, but there was a man sent from God. <laughs> the same came for a witness to bear witness of what? The light. That all men through who? Him who? John. That all men through John might believe. So the light now is reflected. John is tracing here. He's saying that in the beginning there was a light. There was a logos. Inside that logos there was a germ of life. And that germ of life was the light. And that light was made flesh. But there was a man who was sent from God. Like he just introduced John just like that. And there was a man sent from God. And he says he was a witness of that light. Now... 
I can say this. There was a man sent from God. Whose name was William Branham. He came to bear witness of the life that was in the word. And through this messenger, we may believe. He wasn't the light, but he was witness of the light. In other words, it takes a reflection of the light by a messenger to produce faith. John is establishing a pattern for every age. There is a word, logos, that contains the life. And that life is the light. And that light shines. And that light is reflected by a messenger. And through this messenger comes a message. And people who believe in that messenger's message receive faith. Faith cometh by hearing. How are you hearing? The logos has to find a man and reflect the light of the day in that messenger. And then through that messenger, a message comes forth and that produces faith. That's what Brother says in the church age book. He says, people don't understand the pattern of the light in every age. He says, the light comes by a messenger in age. The light comes by a messenger. And he says, then through men that have been faithfully taught, they take the light of the message and spread it, right? But he says, but many times they do not understand how important it is to only say what the messenger said. That's the pattern of every age. It's the light of God that comes and shines. In an age, it starts with a man. So that's the reason why in the message of every church age was sent to the angel of the church. Right? Right unto the angel of the Ephesian church. Right unto the angel of Laodicea. The message of every church age is sent to the angel of that church. It's not sent to the people. It's sent to the angel first. So that the people, so this, the message of every church is sent to the angel of the church. So that the people that receive the light reflected by that messenger will receive faith to produce a light that's in the word. So in other words, for example, in the days of Luther, there was a scripture. There was a prophecy. There was an ordained word for that hour, which was Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. The just shall live by faith. Now, in that word was a life. That germ of life was the light of the age. And then that light was shone upon a man called Luther. And then Luther reflected that light by his message. And then the people who received that message received faith to produce a justified life. So they couldn't live a justified life. They couldn't be justified unless the word that was ordained for the day was reflected by a messenger. He's the first one to catch the mystery of that day. He catches the scriptures for ordained for that hour. And then through him, the light shines upon him. And then his message begins to reflect that light. And that light now produces in the people the life of the word itself. So the type of life a people live tells you what type of message they have received. There's an inseparable bond between the message and the results of the message. If you see people that don't know how to worship, they're listening a message that's confused. It's a message of confusion because a message of confusion is going to produce a confused people. You can't separate those two things. If you're seeing a people who live a sanctified life, you can trace it back to what nature of the message they've heard. They must be feeding on a sanctified message. And because they believe in that message, it produces a life in the people. 
If you see a people that has many gifts of the Spirit, they have to be receiving a Pentecostal message that is producing a gift in the church. That's what that message produces. You cannot separate the result from the message itself. But if there's going to be a people that's going to take on the rapture, if there's going to be a rapture people, there's going to be a rapture message. You cannot separate those two things. The message produces results, and the results testify, or they are a witness, or they are a consequence of the message they have received. So look at your life. See what type of life are you producing? It tells you what you're feeding on. That's how it is. What you feed on produces the life. So when you receive the message sent from God, you hear God's voice. Now, brother, what I'm saying is this. I'm done with the slide. I hope I don't lose you now, now that you don't have something to look at. So you're just going to hear me read. Now, brother, says, in the verse, he says this. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my father has drowned him. And all that my father has given me will come. My sheep, my doves, they hear my voice. And a stranger, they will not follow. Says, and what is the voice of God? It's the word. What's in his man's voice but his word? It's the word of God. They hear the word of God. So to hear the message of the hour is to hear God's voice. You heard God's voice. Not different than Abel heard God's voice. And, you know, and God came to Abel and gave Abel the revelation of who Christ is. The revelation of who God is. That God is the Lamb. He's going to come as a lamb. Now, as I said in the beginning, that was step one of God's plan. He wanted to make himself known, and that's the very first step he takes. He reveals himself as a redeemer. Now, all revelation always has to be based, or all faith is based upon who Christ is. God builds his church upon that revelation. And that's why it's the greatest of all revelation. It's no crisis. And Brother Lamb says that the new birth is the revelation of Jesus Christ to you personally. What does it mean? It means that when you receive the new birth, or when you receive the Holy Ghost, that's when the seed, the germ of life that was in you, comes in contact with the person of Christ as the resurrected one. So now you can say that he is risen. How do you know he's risen? Because you're born again. Without the new birth, all that you say about Christ being risen is theology. It's only after you receive the Holy Ghost now that you've had an experience with the risen Christ. And because you meet the person of the resurrection, he, he reveals himself to you. That's what the new birth is. It's a revelation of who Christ is. Every other revelation stems from this one revelation of who Christ is. You say, how? Well, let's say that you receive faithful healing, right? Faithful healing is nothing else than the revelation that Christ is your healer. That's what it is. It's still a revelation of who he is. It's not now being revealed to you that he is your healer. So now let's say you have faithful salvation. Well, faithful salvation is nothing else than Christ revealing himself to you that he is your savior. All revelation stems from this revelation of who Christ is. That's the will in the will. That's the center. Everything else is just adding to this center revelation that who Christ is. All revelation is God revealing who he is. So if you have revelation for deliverance, it's God revealing himself to you and telling you that Christ is your deliverer. If you need peace, it's the revelation of Christ is your peace. Everything that you need, every revelation that you receive stems from who Christ is. Now, if you're going to have rapturing faith, it's simply the revelation that he's your husband. When the bride knows who she is, 
the rapture will go. Why? The rapture is a revelation of you being the bridegroom, the bride, and Christ being your bridegroom. That's what rapturing faith is, is to know that Christ is your bridegroom and you are the bride. That's why God sent Eliezer the prophet to call a bride out that she may understand who he is to her. And when you understand and you receive revelation that he is your bridegroom, then you know that the rapture is for you because it's coming for a bride. Now, when you hear the word of the day you receive, you hear the voice of God. Like I said, no different than Abel. No different than Abraham. Abraham, leave, and I'll lead you in the land, and I'll make you a father of nation. Abraham heard a voice. The same voice that Abel heard, Abraham heard. The same voice that Abraham heard, Lazarus heard. That voice that said, Lazarus, come forth, is no different than the voice that called Abraham out. It's no different than the voice that told Abel about the, about the blood. It's no different than the voice that Samuel heard. It's no different than the peel of fire that said, Paul, I am Jesus who you persecute. It's the same voice of the word. It's no different than the voice you heard. I'm telling you, the voice that has called you to the message of the hour, it's the same voice that Paul heard. On the, and on the road to Damascus. It's the same voice that called Abraham out of his family. It's the same voice that revealed to Abel he was the blood. It's the same voice that called Samuel. It's the same voice that called me. We all heard the same voice. One thing all of us believers have in common, we may come from different countries, we may have different colors, different nationalities, different heights, different weights, different sizes. Glory to God. But one thing we all have in common, we heard the same voice. The same voice. It always thrills me when I begin to listen to somebody's testimony. and says, tell me how you came to the light of the message. And he began to share how God dealt with them. And something in my soul begins to rejoice. Because now I realize that no matter where they were, I didn't know about them. But somehow, they heard the same voice. That I heard. How glorious is that? One can be from India. One can be from the Congo. And one can be from the United States. And one from Finland. Or one from Norway. They all heard the same voice. And when they fellowship, they began to realize it was the same voice. that called each one of them. That's why I love this song from the Bisco Sisters. It says, Lazarus heard a voice. Though he was dead in the tomb. And Samuel heard the same voice when he was yet a boy. And it says, we read of Moses and Paul. They were changing the way. Why? They heard a voice from God. From where? From a supernatural place. That voice spoke from heaven. From a supernatural place. And he goes on to say this. In the dark of night, God sent a light to quicken us. In the darkness we're living in, God sent the light of his word. How? Reflected by the messenger of your day. To quicken you. By the rising of the sun. So many of you come to service and you heard a song leader sing. And you heard people around you sing and you heard the instruments being played. You heard a preacher reading his opening scripture. And in the midst of the preaching, in the midst of his voice, you heard another voice. In the midst of his voice, you heard another voice. It wasn't the voice of a man. Even though it was a vocal chords of a man. It was a vocal sound of a man. It was an audible sound of the voice of a man. In the midst of that sound, there was another sound. In the midst of that voice, there was another voice. And you heard from God himself speaking through human lips. Think about it. God might have used human lips, but it was his word that kissed your soul. 
Now I'm going to turn the corner at 15 minutes here, and I'm going to drive this through at night. Now, Brother Abraham said the only thing that she had was a story of Abraham serving, speaking about Rebecca. He says, so faith cometh by hearing. She heard that Abraham had a son that was heir to all things that Abraham had. So Eliezer brought a message to Rebecca, and that message came from Abraham. So now Eliezer was in contact with Abraham, and Abraham shone his light, his will, his desire, his purpose, his message for that day to a messenger. And that messenger was sent. It's consistent in the Bible. John chapter 1, Romans chapter 10, Exodus chapter 3, Genesis here is consistent. The light comes from God, sent through a man. And that messenger went and spoke a message about Abraham that produced faith. Now, the faith that he produced in Rebecca was faith to leave. That was the faith that Eliezer's message produced, was faith to leave and go meet Isaac. It was a rapturing message. It produced a message to bring her to Isaac's tent. Now, Brother Abraham says, in the message expectation, he says, Now I stand here declaring the creator of heavens and earth, Jehovah God, that I claim to be a representative of his in these last days, to bring faith to his church. Now he's identifying himself as Malachi 4, as we read. He says, I am his representative in these last days to bring faith to the church. In other words, I made the pillar of fire. I met the light, and that light shone upon me, and I was sent to reflect this light in these last days, and by the message that I'm now reflecting, I'm bringing faith to the church. Faith is coming to you. Now, when we talk about our hearts being turned back to the faith of the fathers, really what it is, is the faith of the fathers being brought back to our heart. Let me say that again. Our hearts are being turned back to the faith of the fathers. How? By bringing the faith of the fathers back to our heart. In other words, the message of the hour preaches the same word that the fathers preached. And by preaching the same word, bringing that word to your heart, that word is a conduit. That word brings faith to your heart. Now, the nature of the faith is directly connected to the nature of the message. We spoke about that. Now, if we're going to have a rapturing faith, we're going to need a rapturing message. And Brother Ram says this, it's going to take more faith than ever in any other age for this to be rapturing faith, to be taken up. So we want you to believe tonight all that you have seen, all that you have heard, the word that's been preached, all the signs and all the wonders that you've seen done. We want you to accumulate all of that together. He said, the faith that it's going to take in this day is going to be a greater faith than in any other age that God is going to rapture these mortal bodies. That's why he says that if you cannot have faith for a toothache, all right, you cannot have faith for a rapture. Because the faith is going to take for a rapture is greater than a faith for a toothache. I think I was speaking with EBA the other day and we fellowship around this. I said, for God to heal your eyes, for God to open your eyes, to give you sight, he heals one organ, your eyes. And he heals your optical nerve and that's it. That's a little faith. But for God to give you a body change, he's changing every organ, every tissue, every cell. Any blood vessel, every muscle, every bone, every joint, anything, all the, all the atoms of your body, every single cell of your body is going to be transformed. Yeah. Brother says that's a direct divine healing. Yeah. 
So rapturing your faith is a greater healing than healing eyes. Because God is not just healing one thing. He's healing every single aspect, every inch of your body. That's why the rapture is going to be one of these days. God is going to start a divine healing campaign. And he's going to heal every cell of every member of the body of Jesus Christ. He's going to go from the crown of your head to your toes. He's going to heal your toes. He's going to heal your knees. The arthritis will be gone. He's going to heal your back pain. He's going to heal your eyes. He's going to heal your heart condition. He's even going to change your weight. That's a direct divine healing that takes a greater faith. So it's going to take a greater faith. Therefore, it's going to take a greater message. I'm telling you, the message that you're receiving this day is the greatest message that's ever flashed upon the face of the earth. From Adam to this day, there was not a message greater. And if the message is greater, then the light is greater. Because then the light shines upon the messenger and brings about the message, and from the message, faith. So if it's going to take more faith, it's going to take more word. Because faith comes by hearing the word. We already established that. So if you're going to have more faith, there's going to be more word. That means there's going to be more speaking. God has spoken to us in these days like never before. And if God is going to speak, then there's going to be an event that announces that he's about to speak. Jesus went to the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, and then the voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, hear ye him. Brother Bonham says, in other words, he has to speak. So there was a cloud that came on a mountain. There was an event on a mountain that told the people that he was about to speak. That's why there was a cloud on a mountain in these last days. There was an event that announced that there was going to be more speaking. To bring about more word. To produce more faith. So that the revelation of the seals. The opening of the word. All those seven thunders that are the revelation in the seals. What is it for? It's producing rapture in faith. That's what the seals are all about. The opening of the seal wasn't to just have knowledge of doctrine or to understand how to baptize. It was to accumulate faith. Brother says, take everything that you've heard from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22. Take every verse, every scripture, every chapter, every sermon that's been preached from 47 to 65. Accumulate all of those things. And you're accumulating rapture in faith. Now, I'm going to close with this. You can have faith for healing, and I believe many of you have, but you can't receive healing until you purchase healing by the faith that you have. You say, oh, Brother Branham, I wish I had the Holy Ghost. I got faith that I'll get it. Well, then, just swap your faith for the Holy Ghost. Take that same faith that you got in divine healing and purchase your healing. What is he saying? If you have faith for healing, faith or revelation is not healing. Faith or revelation is not healing. He says you have to swap that faith for healing. So the revelation of healing in your soul has to be manifested in your body, right? So your flesh therefore becomes subject 
to your faith. We already established that. It's not new, new revelation here. So your flesh will eventually bear witness of the revelation that you have. Right? Because the faith that you have is purchasing power. So if you have faith that God is your healer, what God has given you is power to purchase. So you can now go to God and say, I have faith. Take it. Give me my healing. Right? I have faith that you're my Savior. You made it real to my heart. I've received this revelation that you're my Savior. Here is my faith. I want to swap it for the Holy Ghost. So faith is purchasing power or power to purchase. It's not the thing that you want, but it's power to get it. Now, if I'm a sinner, I'm closing. If I'm living a life of sin, that's because I have no faith. I'm an unbeliever. So maybe I go to the bar and I go drink. Now, when I receive revelation that God is my Savior, or when I receive the new birth, my life reflects that revelation. In other words, I no longer go to the bars. I no longer go to places I used to go because this flesh has now come to subjection to the revelation that I'm saved. Same thing for healing, EBA, right? If you receive revelation that you can see, and now it's been deposited in your heart, well, this body don't see it. This eye still can see it. But eventually, these eyes become subject because they have to reflect. I'm talking about the reflection now. Your body has to reflect that you're healed. So there is a gap between your revelation and then the state of your body. Right? So your body here says, I'm healed. Or your revelation here says, I'm healed. But the body here is still living a life of somebody who's not healed. So there's a gap. And that gap gets closed by your confession, by God making his word more real to you. And that gap begins to shrink and close and close and close until your body now matches your revelation. And now you see. Why? Because now your body has reflected the same thing that's in your soul. The same revelation. Same thing with salvation. You believe that you're saved, but your body was here. And God brings this body to subjection and you start living a saved life. Same thing for the rapture. God has deposited by the message of the hour a revelation in your soul. It's a rapturing faith. That rapturing faith is in your soul, but there's still a gap between that faith and your body. Your bodies are not changed yet. There's a gap. So what is rapturing faith? If faith for healing is power to purchase your healing... And faith for salvation is power to purchase your salvation. Rapturing faith is faith to purchase a new body. That is what rapturing faith is. God has deposited in your soul power to purchase a new body. One of these days, you're going to swap that faith for a new body. Rapturing faith is simply power to purchase. See, Paul couldn't take a rapture because he didn't have enough money to buy a new body. Paul didn't have purchasing power to buy a new body. Why? Because there wasn't a rapturing message to produce rapturing faith. And you came in this world bypassing your theophany so you couldn't have a perfect body. Because you didn't have power to purchase it. You were born in sin. So when the lamb took the book and revealed the seals, he lost that faith to you. He gave you power to purchase. And now in these last days... There is a people on the face of the earth that possesses faith to purchase a new body. And you couldn't get that new body. That's why God put a hole on it. Because you didn't have enough money to get it. 
So God put a hole on it. It says, you don't have that yet. I'm going to reserve this theophany for you. Nobody can take your place. Nobody can take your theophany. Nobody can take your word body. It's been reserved for you. But it says, I will give you faith in the last days. I'm going to open up my word. And I'm going to lose the revelation in the end time. That is going to give you money. Divine purchasing power. And when you receive that power, come back to me and I will give you a new body. What has God done in this end time? He is lost to the church, rapturing faith. Where it is? In the tapes. Where is it? In the message. That's how rapturing faith comes to you. Faith is coming to you. Word upon word. Precept upon precept. To one of these days. The gap between revelation and your body is going to be so great. That the only way for you to perfectly reflect that, you're going to need a new body. Like, this body is no, longer, it's no longer going to be enough to reflect that faith that God placed in your soul. That was the fellowship of God with Enoch, right? The fellowship was so sweet till God could no longer fellowship with Enoch as long as he stayed in that body. So the revelation that God gave Enoch required him to be raptured, to be in another body for another level of fellowship. One of these days, God is going to say, you know what, by the way, this is as far as I can go with you. This is as far as we can get in our fellowship. I've given you enough word. I've made my word more real to you. But I cannot go any further until I change your body. Now it's time. I'm going to change this body to take it to another type of fellowship with me. So then your faith begins to dictate your body. So what are we doing by feeding on the word? We're preaching to this body. We're closing the gap. That's what the word of the hour does. It closes the gap between your theophany and your rapturing faith. And little by little, that gap became slower. After Wednesday night, after rapturing message, after there's a man who can turn on the light, things that are to be, the more you feel on the word, the more you fellowship with him. The more you feel on the word, the more you hear the word from a God-sent messenger. The more you stay in that light that's being reflected, the closer, the smaller that gap gets. And eventually... Your bodies are going to be changed. So God has given us faith in this hour that is greater. Greater than anything that's ever flashed upon the face of the earth. And if you can see it, if you can hear it, then it's for you. You say, how am I the bride? How do I know that I'm the bride, Brother John? Oh, I'll ask you the question. Can you hear it? Do you see it? You are it. If you can hear it, you are it. If you can see it, it's for you. And I was reading an article. They were showing that after you turn 18, your eardrum began to age. And there are certain sounds at a certain frequency that you can only hear based on the health of your eardrums. So they say that under 20 years old, you can hear this frequency. Under 30, you can hear this frequency. Under 40, you can hear this frequency. Under 50, you can hear this frequency. So then when you start listening to it, and it says, can you hear this? Yes, then you're under 50. Another frequency. Can you hear this? Yes, that means you're under 40. Another frequency. Can you hear this? Yes, that means you're under 30. Another frequency. Can you hear this? No. Oh, that means that you're not under 20. So now, the fact that you don't have the ability to hear, to hear tells us about the health of your eardrum. So you can only hear as healthy as your eardrum. And certain sounds can only be heard by those that are under 20. Certain sounds can only be heard by those that are under 50. It has nothing to do with you, with your will, 
You can try. I want to focus and hear it. If you're under 20, you will hear it. But if you're over 20, you won't be able to hear it. That's just what it is. So if you can hear it, when God spoke in his last days a message in a certain frequency, if you have the ability to hear it, then it is for you. How do you know that the message of the hour is for you? Can you hear it? Have you received it? Can you see it? Then it is for you. There isn't any devil in hell that's going to convince you that you are not the bride of Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with your works. It has nothing to do with your efforts. It has nothing to do with your ups and downs, ups and downs. If you have the sheer ability to hear it, that said the word, it's for you. Ken couldn't hear it. The rich young ruler couldn't hear it. If you can hear it, it's yours. You say, what am I doing in this church? I don't even know if this message is for me. Can you see it? And it's yours. All we need to pray for for our loved ones is for healing of the spiritual eardrum. Then they can hear it. And if they have the ability to hear it, it's theirs. It's for them. If you have the ability to hear this message, that means there's a new body for you. If you can hear the message of the hour, it is a testimony. It is proof. It is proof enough to you and it ought to be good enough that there's a new body for you. Don't worry about making that rapture. I'm not going to make that rapture looking at myself right now. I'm not ready for the rapture. I'm not going to be able to make it for the rapture. If you're ordained for it, God will see to it that it sends a message. And he will see to it that the message produces faith. And he will see to it that faith is enough in you to make that rapture. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the sacrifice that's been provided for a bride that is called out. Because you're part of that bride. He's given you the ability to hear it. And the ability to hear it is step one of his purpose in your life. If you have the ability to hear it, there is a new body waiting for you. You're not going to miss a rapture. If the devil tells you that, he's a liar. Because if you were going to miss a rapture, you wouldn't see it. You wouldn't love it. You wouldn't fit on it. But you love the word, don't you? You hear it, don't you? You rejoice in it, don't you? You love it when it's made real to you. Why? There's a new body for you. It's your theophany say, feed on it. Feed on it. You're closing the gap. Feed on it. That faith is greater than any other age. That's why I believe with all my heart that if my body is going to be changed, then God can heal my body. That's why I believe that if my body is going to be changed, he can save my loved ones. If my body can be changed, he can deliver me. If my body can be changed, he can put that depression under my feet. If my body can be changed, he can remove the cancer from my body. If my body can be changed, system money can rise up again. If my body can be changed, EPS should be able to see again. If my body can be changed, there isn't any sickness that it cannot heal. There isn't any circumstances that is too great. The circumstances that the word of God will overcome in a rapture altogether are greater than all your problems. What are your problems? What are your circumstances? What is it that it's in your life that God, you're looking for God to deal with? That is too big for God. Think about it. If you believe you're going to be in a rapture, and I know that you do, don't you? If you believe you're going to be in a rapture, I'm telling you, the circumstances that God will change for you to go in that rapture, altogether are greater than your problems today. So if you believe for that, believe for this. 
If you believe for that body, believe for this healing. If you believe for that body, believe for your deliverance now. If you believe for that body, believe now. What is it that you need? Believe. I'm going to close now. I'm just read this quote. Musician, you can come. Right on says this. The great physician who is here, he said, This son shall follow them that believe. They will lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. And you say to this mountain, be moved. And don't doubt in your heart, but can believe. It says, if he can create squirrels who has no way at all or nothing there to believe. He says, it's my own faith that goes and does that. My faith in what he challenged me to ask. He challenged me to ask it. And I received his challenge in obedience to his word. Think of it. It says, it's my faith that created those squirrels. What type of faith was that? It says, it's my faith that rose up to accept what he challenged me to believe. The word of God is challenging you to believe the promises that are for you. And if your faith can rise up and accept the challenge that is asked you to believe, it will go out and produce the result of it. It wasn't a man saying, I'm going to do this because I want to create scrolls. It was the Holy Spirit challenging his faith to ask for it. That's why he said this bride, he says, ask, speak. He says, why Christ speak? It's God challenging your faith. God is challenging you to accept his promises. He's challenging your faith to accept that his word is true. He's challenging your faith to believe that the message of the hour is true. Will your faith rise up tonight and accept the challenge that the Spirit of God put forth? Who's going to rise up tonight? Let's stand and say, Lord, I accept the challenge of your faith, of your word. What your word has challenged me to believe, I accept the challenge. And my faith rises up. And I ask, because you have challenged me by your word, to ask. And I ask in obedience. So I'm going to say to you, if you're going to have a new body, it's a challenge to accept. God is asking you, he's challenging you to believe that he's able to change your body without seeing death. That's a challenge. Are you going to accept that challenge? God is asking you by his word and he's challenging your faith to believe he can move your mountains. It's a challenge to accept. God is asking you, look at that mountain in your life. What is the circumstances you're going through? What is it in your life at this very moment? I don't know what you're going through, saints. But you might be going through something that's so hard. Now God is challenging your faith. Can you believe it? Can you believe that my word can deal with your circumstances? Will your faith rise up to the challenge? You say, Lord, all my sons and all my children are waywards. None of them serves the gospel of Jesus Christ. None of them loves the Lord. It's a challenge. I'm challenging you by the word that I am the Lord your God. And if you believe in me, you shall be saved. If you have faith in the provided atonement, as we heard on Sunday, for your wayward children, I will restore them back to you. I'm challenging your faith to believe. Can you believe me? He's challenging your faith to believe. You say, well, my parents don't believe in this message anymore. He's challenging your faith. Can you believe that I am the God who met you? That I can meet your parents? He's challenging your faith. I'm the only one in my family who believes the message. It's a challenge. The spirit of the living God, by his word, has challenged us to believe. And I say we have no cause to doubt. We believe. God bless you tonight. Is there a song leader behind me? I can help you with a song. Do you have a song tonight? I want to, I want to call that song again. The, the one that you sang, uh, Angelica and... and uh, yes. If you can sing that song again.
I didn't know what to say, but it just came to my heart now. You believe for it? Do you believe that your Christ have awoken the master? Do you believe that the master has awoken you? Those sleeping virgins, there was a midnight cry. There was a word that said, behold the bridegroom. There's a message in these last days that has awoken you. Not only did your Christ awoken the master, but the master has awoken you. Now look at your circumstances because Jesus is in your boat. And he's challenging you by the word to rise up and ask. As the prophet of God said, it was my faith that accepted what he challenged me to ask. His word is what our faith is based on. It's not theology. It's not our own ideas. It's from the light of the gospel, the logos that's been reflected in this last day through a messenger that producing the people rapturing faith. Crossing the calm sea with Jesus, the disciples were getting wind started violently blowing, but he was asleep in the stern. Does he not care that we perish? We're helpless and we're so afraid. But Jesus arose when they called him and said to them, where is your faith? Because you prayed all night. So deep, the 
But try to be patient Cause soon he'll bring peace Just one word and his voice And it all must see message because you held on with all of your might and because this message held on to you your Christ tonight your Christ about walking the master how he sent forth his word to produce faith in your hearts tonight what what brings the word to you on a service it's your Christ it's your heart's desire it's what your soul is crying for and your soul and your Christ then said the nature of your cry goes back to the Logos. And then the Logos reflects the light on the man. And he sends the man with a message. And that man brings the message to produce faith. Why? To meet the nature of your Christ. Because you prayed. Because you held on. Because you held on. Oh, holding on is hard. I know it's hard to hold on. I know some of your parents, it's been very difficult. You've seen other families being restored, and your family is still not restored, but you held on. You held on with all of your strength. Brother Roger was a point in time when none of your children were serving God. It was just you and your wife, but you held on. And then what? Dan comes, and you held on. And Gabe comes, and you held on. And then Joker comes, and you held on. And Jewel comes and you held on. The same God that brought Dan, Gabe, and Jonka, Jewel, he's going to bring Josh. He's going to bring Ray. Because you held on. Because you held on. Brother David, I was watching a testimony the other day. It's the Father's faith that held on with all of his strength. And his faith produced a message. And that message produced faith in David over there. Because you held on. Hold on, saints. Ray. Hold on. God knows your needs. He knows your circumstances. He's greater than all your needs. The God is going to change your body. Can move governments. 
Hold on with all of your might. Oh, since I feel the position of the Holy Spirit now in this inspiration. Hold on. Just a little longer. Hold on. There's going to be a body change. Hold on. We're going to be changed. Hold on. There's going to be a rapture. Hold on. Hold on to the word. Don't give in. Don't give up. Hold on. Hold on to the word. Feed on it. It's faith coming to your heart. Feed on it. It's faith coming to you. Feed on it. Tape after tape. Page after page. Service after service. Feed on it. Hold on. It shall come to pass. Though the vision tarry, he shall not tarry. Hold on with all of your might. Brother Ben, Drake, can I call you to come close in the word of prayer? Was your faith challenged by the word? Do you believe? Amen. Amen. You know, one thing that I love, I was telling Brother Tim in the back, when the word is unfolded before our eyes, it produces in us a love, a love for him. You know, it doesn't produce in us an admiration for the speaker, but it produces a love for him. You know, when God spoke to Abel, he produced such a love in his heart that he went to worship in spirit and in truth. And he brings you into the atmosphere of worship where you just want to say, Lord, I love you. Because I see the unfolding of your word. And it's my bridegroom revealing himself to me. More than you did to Abel. A greater step than that, a greater revelation than that is an accumulation of revelation throughout the entire history of humanity to culminate in this end time, in the maturity of your rapturing faith. Think of it. that capstone coming down in this time crying grace grace come down amongst us you would send a word in this day to restore our hearts back to that original faith oh God how lost we'd be if we didn't have the original word coming and bringing us back oh that faith God I just truly believe it within my heart that we're coming to a place we're going to be able to speak the word and it's going to be manifest right before us as we keep looking into the word as we've been hearing get in the word get in this message we keep looking in we're seeing reflection we're seeing ourselves lord we don't need another interpreter we're interpreting the word it's us being reflected back to you god we're so thankful that one day in a twinkling of an eye we're going to step into that new body oh god for the little things in our life, let it pass. For the troubles, for all the chaos, the things going on, let our eyes continue to look at you. As Peter turned away for a moment, began to sink. But Father, we look back into your eyes, oh God. Keep our eyes focused on you, Lord. 
Oh, Jesus, that's all we want to see. And let that come and let that light, Lord, shine on us and let us reflect, Lord, more of you every single day, Lord, as we get on our knees and cry out to you. Let us come in the right channel. Let us come with the right atmosphere. Let us come, Lord, thanking you and worshiping you, Lord. Just thank you, Lord, for that blood sacrifice that was there, that we can lay hold of that atonement that we've been hearing about, reaching out for our family, reaching out for our loved ones. Oh God, we hold them before you even now, Lord Jesus. You know our very heart. You know our very core. Everything that we are, Lord, is exposed before you, Jesus. And oh God, we just want to worship you. We want to come with that sacrifice of blood, that revelation that we can say we stand upon it and nothing can prevail in this time. Oh God, we're holding to it as your prophets saw the other side and they said we're resting in it. So we're resting in that revelation, Lord, that's been quickened to us by this end time message, that rapturing face message that will take us and change our mortal bodies. Oh God, take this spirit with us, Lord. Take it, let us pack it every single day. Let us minister out and blossom forth every day, Lord. Wherever we are, we just truly want to be a witness to you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, oh God, just go before us, Lord, we pray. Bless the servant, Lord, that has labored. You can tell there's just hours of study and laying before you, trembling, Lord, to bring the word of truth and holiness to a bride, a spotless bride. We're so thankful for these men of God, Lord. Be with your servants, Lord, that are away. Our brother Tom, Lord, give him rest. Strengthen his body, Lord Jesus. We're just expecting to hear from you again, Lord. Service after service. We just want to give our all. Enter in and give everything that we have. We're on the last lap. It's the last mile. We see, Lord, the end is near. So we look to you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus Christ's name. Bless you. You're all dismissed. Linger if you desire. Do you love him? I, I do. I love him with all my heart. There's nothing like seeing the word of God unfold. And it just produces so much faith. And here is a case we're going to pray for. Our team, Mother Murphy, you may come forward. Do we believe? Are we a believing church? Do you believe? Are we going to accept the challenge of the word? What the word has challenged us to believe that we shall lay hands and the sick shall be recovered, that in his name will cast out demons. Do we believe that? Can your faith rise up to believe the challenge of the word?
opportunity to do whatever he pleases to do tonight. If there's any need that you want to be prayed for, if there's anything that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you on, if the Holy Spirit has challenged your faith to accept something's made real to you tonight, this is your night, this is your opportunity as the Spirit of God is moving in our midst.